you were to meet Jesus face to face, what would be your first words? Welcome to Word for the Week, Season 3, Episode 13. Join us as we discuss the first word used by a large crowd in Jerusalem when they almost got it right. Well, that's an intriguing question. <laughs> what do you mean uh, they almost got it right? Well, I'm going to do a pastor thing and answer a question with a question. Of course. It's And let me start with this question to your question. When mm. it comes to Palm Sunday, what's the first word that comes to mind? Triumphant entry. I know that's two words, but... <laughs> I, know. I was going to say something. You're a lady, you're allowed, but then I <laughs> come across as, as uh, being biased there. Okay. That being two words, we'll give it to you, triumphal or triumphant entry. Mm -hmm. How about then the third word that comes to mind? Probably the word that the, cro the crowd cried out when Jesus entered Jerusalem, which is Hosanna. Yeah, and I, to be honest, that's probably the first word that came to my mind, but uh, that's um, uh, all of them legitimate. But that's it. We're looking at that word, Hosanna. In fact, Kath, this word is so loaded that it's not really even just a word, it's a, it's actually a little sentence. Well, putting that in context, the mm -hmm. word Hosanna comes up six times in the four Gospels, mm -hmm. de dealing with Christ's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Yeah. We have John 12, 12 through 13. The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Matthew 21, 9. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And we find the same account in Mark chapter 11 and Luke chapter 19. And um, so here's this large crowd, all of them shouting the same word, Hosanna. So what exactly does Hosanna mean? I got a question for you. We've been saying that word, singing it, whatever, for Easter since we were little kids. Hmm. At what point in your development did you ever stop and ask, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> Probably not till I was a... <laughs> an adult? A, yes. Uh, uh, that, and I think I was an adult for a while, being somewhat slower individual, probably uh, well into my face somewhere. In the, the, what does that word even mean? Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's a great question because it, it uh, enriches our faith in a number of ways. And we have to remember when this word was being said, it was an ancient Jewish crowd that was uh, was saying that. So if we're looking for the full meaning of the word, hmm. we're going to have to go back into their history and see. How far into their history? <laughs> well, how about this? At least a thousand years. And uh, we'll go back to the time when the Psalms were being written, mm -hmm. uh, particularly Psalm 118. It's amazing how that Psalm deals so clearly at with the Messiah who's still a thousand years in the future. That's yeah, isn't that something? I mean, we think yeah. a thousand years yet to come, and here it is. Okay, in part it reads, Psalm 118, 21 through 29, I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. 
Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. You know, if we, if we break down the word Hosanna, hmm. uh, it originally was a uh, compound word, which, of course, is a word made up of a couple of words. Right. Uh, and it would have been two words. It would have been Yasha, meaning mm-hmm. to save or to deliver, and Ana which means uh, an urgent now. I, I always think of kids, you ever, they, they want something, they go, please. And that's what it's now, please. It's now urgently. So we start it with the word or the, the little sentence, really, Yesha Ana. So it's quite literally, save now in yeah. Psalm 118. It, it does. Uh, but the real spirit, uh, now, you, you hit it literally, word for word, that's what it is. But the real spirit of it hmm. goes beyond the literal words. And in fact, the way it, I guess I would say it in four layers, okay. you have first the, the people admitting that they need saving. Mm-hmm. Then you uh, secondly have an urgency to it that they need saving right away, save now. Right. Uh, thirdly, it's uh, in desperation um, that... There is only this hope. Whoever they were addressing with the word Hosanna, they are the only hope to save them. Mm-hmm. And then fourth, it's a declaration, which is beautiful on the end of this, is that um, it's not just a pleading. It's a declaration that salvation has actually come. Mm-hmm. There's a certainty to it, uh, but just that it, it has finally come. Uh, you know, in an article about the word Hosanna, the Christian author Penny Noyes puts it like this. Mm -hmm. Hosanna also appears to have multiple meanings beyond a mere save me, Lord. It's a cry for salvation and also is a cry of thanks. Two polar opposites coming together, cries for help, cries of praise. It typically is spoken in a rejoicing fashion. People who shouted it often intended to say, at last salvation has come to us. After a long wait, it's finally here. And like you said, the word comes from two roots, yasha and ana, yasha standing for delivers, and ana, please. In essence, the word boils down to please save us, our deliverer. Right. Now, I like the way that uh, she really um, brings this out. It was one the of the two, best I found. Yeah, I like that. Because in these two words, it's, mm-hmm. she points out that it's not just this little two-word saying. It's actually this huge Much uh, statement yeah, mm-hmm. of promise and pleading, of, of declaration uh, of, of uh, or admission of defeat and declaration of victory, all right. in these two little words. And it all comes together in the single word, Hosanna. <laughs> and, and yeah, it evolved into this, this sing- singular word. Mm. Uh, and for the Jewish faith, there's a special selection of psalms called the Psalms of Praise, we'd say in English, but the Hallel. All right. Um, and you growing up in a Jewish community, this is all more familiar to you than it is uh, really to me. Yeah. Uh, the Hallel involves Psalms 113 to 118, right. which, of course, you've read for us. And during the high festival of Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, mm-hmm. It's a seven-day thing that goes on, and they build huts or sukkahs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole idea is commemorating how they lived in the wilderness while God was delivering them. And, and that's where this all fits in. And as I understand it, uh, along with the halal, additional prayers are included asking God to save us. And the word is hashana, which we get 
get from the Greek and then English Hosanna. Mm -hmm. And on the seventh day of the Sukkot, they have the great Hoshana. Hoshana. <laughs> I can't say that. Hoshana. Yeah, Hoshana. 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 That's yeah, right. right. I had which, the yeah. syllable wrong. <laughs> so the Hoshana. great save now, right? The great right. Hosanna. So it's, it's amazing. This meant, this word meant a lot to the uh, to to Jewish people today, but uh, very much in that time, uh, and it, and you know it did evolve into kind of a hail, you know, that person. But it was only used for um, the greatest kings if they came, or perhaps the high priest. It was always mm -hmm. our prophet. It was always hail this important person. Mm -hmm. However. The, the distinction in the triumphant entry that we're talking about is when you combine this idea of the uh, save now with elements of things like the palm branches right. and people throwing their coats on the ground and Jesus right. coming in on the donkey. At this point, we have a picture of prophecy. Right. And it, it's a group of people looking at uh, the Messiah or who they see as the Messiah digging deep into their Jewish roots and declaring, here he is, the long-awaited Messiah. Okay, now in our introduction, we claim that they almost got it right. Well, let's dig into that. Well, here's the thing. If you look at the term save now, just even in that, it's a term of highest and intense anticipation, right? Right. I mean, they're acknowledging the Messiah so they'd anticipate him fulfilling a number of the... Oops, huge prophecies. And so I take it that's where things go wrong. <laughs> right. That's uh, antip anticipation is great if one, if you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days. Yeah, it's one of those days. <laughs> I, I want to say Antipater or something, you know, it's a Antipatus. Um, anticipation is, is, is important as long as you're getting it right. Mm hmm. And we'll cut them some slack on this because they just did what people do. They, they, we look to what we already know. Mm -hmm. So when they were saying Hosanna as it was used in past history, right. it made sense what they were looking for because they were looking back and they're thinking like 1,500 years ago, uh, we were delivered, deliver us, we mm -hmm. were delivered out of Egypt. 600 years ago, they were delivered out of extinction from mm -hmm. Babylon. Mm -hmm. Two centuries before this event going on, they were delivered from the Greeks in the, the Maccabean revolt. So they're simply expecting what they've always known. They're expecting uh, this military political victory against the, the new enemy for them, the Romans. Right. I totally get that. I mean, it, you know, that does make sense there what they knew. That's yeah, what they, that we tend to do that. <clears throat> but Jesus had a very different kind of saving in mind. The book of Colossians explains Christ's victory this way. Colossians 2, 11 through 15. In him you are also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, 
triumphing over them by the cross. Okay, well now, the enemy Jesus came to defeat this time was sin, mm -hmm. once and for all. And in effect, uh, he came to kill death. Right, and not just for one nation of people, but for all humanity mm -hmm. who would receive him. God so loved the world. Right, and here's the thing, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that the urgency of the suffering would seem immediate. We all know when you're in some form of uh, pain, uh, that's all that matters in the moment. So mm -hmm. in the immediate uh, immediacy of the suffering, uh, deliverance from Rome, I'm sure, seemed like the highest priority. There couldn't have been anything more important. Mm -hmm. But from God's eye, from God's point of view, there was something far greater uh, that he was dealing with. And this was an eternal victory, not just a point in history. All right. Now, the detractors of Christianity would say this isn't much of a victory since the promise lies in the unknown of of the afterlife. Mm -hmm. So what does scripture say about this? Well, you know, when you read it, it's it's uh, kind of harsh in how it hits the reality of it, but we'll have you read, this is the reality of what's really going on. Okay, in 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 19, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah, well, you know, it's coming down. It's just, yeah. well, not everybody's going to understand. Mm -hmm. and, and when it comes down to the, the most fundamental issue of, of saving, it's not saving from suffering uh, as much as we'd like to see it that way. It's not right. about suffering and relief. It's not really even on the top priority, good or bad, mm -hmm. it's about life or death. Mm -hmm. uh, the saving is about life or death, and in the most ultimate sense, of course, eternal life. And eternal life, here's the thing in the comeback, is eternal life does not start in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. If that's what we think, sorry, it's too late. Mm -hmm. uh, eternal life begins in this life, or it doesn't begin at all. We get the idea of eternal life being in the full presence of Jesus in the afterlife, but what does eternal life look like as we're living it right now? And there is a good question that I think <laughs> we should be asking all the time. <laughs> kudos, kudos, <laughs> wild applause. Uh, in the basic sense, it, it is really the same thing. Like you said, in eternal life, it's being in the presence of God. Uh, it, it's being infused with the presence of God now in this mm -hmm. this life, but eternal life in this in this life, the physical life is marked by transformation. It's not that we we don't continue to struggle with whatever our sin nature is, and we all have our things. Mm -hmm. It's just that eternal life has the power to work through it. It it, it is an alternative we never had before. Yeah. And the transformation is is a change in in basic human nature. It's in how we experience love, how we display love, how we mm -hmm. experience peace, and a whole number of other qualities that that really enrich life when they're there and uh, diminish it when they're not. It, it has a light about it, uh, and it's a light that will exist in a person's life in no other way. Yeah. Scripture says it that way, doesn't it? We walk in the light or we walk in darkness. Yeah, that's uh, exactly the way to put it. Mm. Well, 
Here's my bottom line. <laughs> Kathy's bottom, bottom line. For line. this discussion on Hosanna. Okay. One, it's more than a word, but a short sentence with a long and profound history. Two, it's a pleading and praise at the same time. Three, it's a term of great anticipation. Four, it has deep meaning in both Old and New Testaments. Five, it literally means saved now, but in spirit. It's a sincere hope in God alone. And most importantly, last, God answered this prayer in the biggest way possible. Okay, sounds right to me. <laughs> so if we believe that it's a fulfilled promise, that there's really no excuse not to share. And which brings us to our highlighted song for this week. Mm -hmm. It's a great song by Cain entitled The Commission. So enjoy. And until next week, be blessed. See ya. See my hands and look at my feet It's okay if it's hard to believe I have faith you will do greater things It's my time to go But before I leave
you can watch Word for the Week at CanaanCommunity.org. You can also catch our live stream on Canaan Community's Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app.